Welcome to NostalgiaCast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news, where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. I am your host, who can't decide if he wants to listen to Seosin or Chiodos, Andrew Price. You know what they do to guys like Tyler Palo in prison. And Dad Beats, a.k.a. Sad Beats, a.k.a. Kirk Pinchon. <laughs> Dad Beats! Oh, no. An all early 2000s emo-inspired intro. <clears throat> got, a Wait, little, got a little Mike Kimball romance in there? The You know what they do to guys like Tyler Palo in prison is from... It's an a t- emo song of 2000? It's a My Chemical Romance song. Uh, you know, oh. You know what they I do? I feel like they they bit that from an 80s movie. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's that's all 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 early 2000s emo was all just like they were every band name and song title was a reference to either an 80s movie or like a like a 19th century novel. <laughs> I thought you were going to say all uh, early '80s, uh, early 2000 emos is based on '80s prison movies. Yes, I mean, kind absolutely. Of, but but yeah, like uh, like I'm not even joking, Kirk. Like that's a hundred percent accurate. Like emo bands, <laughs> emo of- bands in the early 2000s, they they their names were references to either '80s movies or like classic literature. So it was like you know you have you have like bands called From Ritual to Romance, and you have bands called like. Uh, you have bands called like uh, Grapes of Wrath or something like that. And then you have, yeah. you know, bands called Say Anything. <laughs> Those bands are better. I don't need it. We should start an emo band and call it The Last Castle. Yeah. You started the TV show? No, not Castle. The Last Castle. <laughs> the Robert Redford, James Gandolfini movie? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good pull. Deep cut. Wow. We got we got to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. How's it going, guys? I'm in. It's great. It's good. Everything's good. Yeah. We solved all the world's problems. Most generic answer ever. Yeah. Uh, can't can't wait to not you, do more stuff. You know you know you know shit's not good whenever somebody says how's it going and the answer is just like yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh huh. Or if they do a high pitch, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's real good. There's also the the stock answer of living the dream. <laughs> yep. We're doing all three of those things. Exactly. You know. You know that somebody's not living the dream when they say they're living the dream. Because <laughs> the thing is, is that when you actually do live the dream, you realize that the dream is non-existent and the never. Journey. It never existed in the first place. So you would never actually say live in the dream if you were living the dream because your eyes have been open to the reality of the world. And, and all this time, the dream's been living you. Yep. Oh. You were the dream the entire time. These are all cover, These are all songs for our new band, The Last Cast. Yep. <laughs> Everything we're saying right now is just, it, we're just coining song names. Yeah. Oh my God. This thing's uh, going to be huge. But hearing you guys say all that is... Uh, is really fuck with me because I recently read that a CIA document that was released about the nature of the universe. What? It's that, fucking insane. That's okay, so Tyler Lieutenant, as fuck. <clears throat> Lieutenant Colonel Wayne M. McDonald released 
a or I mean wrote a document for the CIA uh, regarding something called the gateway uh, the gateway experience wherein they use sound waves to let people uh, have out of body experiences basically and he said this was released by the CIA on cia.gov slash library and you can find it and uh, he's he you didn't, didn't, you didn't even have to request it with the freedom of information act huh you didn't even have to they just put it out there for us um he 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 says in the report that the universe itself is just a uh, holographic matrix created by our own uh, consciousness. Damn. Where's the lie? <laughs> Thank you. Where's the I lie? Mean, <laughs> oh man! I feel like the CIA is bored. I mean, the CIA does weird bullshit. I mean, I mean, I feel like we actually should have talked about this at some point on this show. Uh, I just I just it just didn't occur to me. But have you guys listened to uh, Winds of Change? The BG song? BG song? There's a BG song called Winds of Change. There is? Well, I don't know about about that, but there's a Scorpion song called Winds of Change. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. (laughs) Uh, I know that song. There's so there's a long-standing uh, conspiracy theory that's existed for years that the CIA wrote that song, and it was <laughs> and it was designed as an experimental uh, infiltration tool to uh, sow the seeds of of um, of discontent of. of whatever so it's like cause cause an uprising uh to 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 knock down the berlin wall uh because the song came out wow. during, during that like right up leading to the the fall of the berlin wall and there's a conspiracy theory that they that the cia just like wrote this song and paid the scorpions to record it and release it and it was designed to like cause this citizen uprising and so there's a there's a podcast about it now called and it's it's just a it's it's a documentary exploration of the conspiracy theory and whether or not it's true or not and basically like nothing is definitive and nothing has been proven and the the lead singer of Scorpion says that it's not true but there's <laughs> but there's a lot of compelling evidence in the podcast that this actually happened um and regardless of whether it actually happened or not on this specific song, it's 100% true that the CIA does weird shit like that all the time. Like, they really do do these weird experimental things where they'll, like, m- make music that's supposed to, like, hypnotize people or, like, they just are, like, they, they fund, like, m- propaganda films. Like, they, they do weird shit that we, that we have no idea about. I want this to be true. Yeah. Cause that's, oh my God, yeah. I mean, you should listen to the, like, wow, you should listen to the podcast. It's like, it's like a shorter, yeah. it's like, it's like a short mini series podcast. So there's like, there's like 10 episodes or something like that. And they're all like 30 minutes. Uh, you definitely, should, you should, you should give it a listen. Uh, I want, uh, CIA knows how to make hits. Yeah. If they, <laughs> if they, if they did write that song. Yeah. Wait, I'm going to, I know we, we don't have access. I'm going to play this for like 10 seconds. Okay. This is BG's wings of wings of change. 
Wings of change? Can you guys hear that? It's wings of change? Wh- wings. Oh. oh. Okay. I had no idea there was a BG song with the same name. Yeah. Can you hear this? Uh, no. Vaguely. I think you're... I think 1975. You're, there we go. I'm sure I'll have to cut this out. Yeah. 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 I never heard of this. Maybe the CIA wrote that one too. I <laughs> tell you, the CIA know how to make bangers. Yeah. 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 I think. I think. Yeah, I think uh, unfortunately, I think, uh, I think unfortunately, Zoom. I think Zoom uh, uh, does a fairly good job of like editing out background noise because every time Tyler claps, you just can't hear the clap. (laughs) And like, it was like editing out the music as you were playing it. Oh, all right. Well, that's for us then. Uh, So uh, let's, let's get on into these stories because the wind to change things is actually kind of old. That podcast has been out for a couple weeks. Technically not. Just reading these, reading these lyrics from the Bee Gees one. That sounds more like a revolutionary song, though. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe the CIA wrote that one too. That's right. See, the the, the Scorpions one was like a reboot. Yeah. Uh, speaking of reboots, they're developing a reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, helmed by Seth Rogen. <laughs> What? what? Nickelodeon what? is rebooting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the big screen with Point Grey Pictures, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and James Weaver, Weaver producing, and Jeff Rowe from uh, <coughs> uh, Gravity Falls and Connected directing. Brendan O'Brien, Neighbors, Sorority Rising, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, will write the screenplay. Uh, Paramount will be handling global distribution on the film. This time around, the feature adaptation of the Kevin Eastman Peter Laird created comic book will be CG animated. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles feature franchise has accumulated 1.5 billion across uh, six movies from three studios since 1990. The last two movies released by Paramount and Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes in 2014 and 2016, respectively, <clears throat> were live action and together accounted for 730.6 million of those uh, box office dollars. The last time there was a feature CGI version of the Turtles was Warner Brothers 2007 TMNT, which grossed <clears throat> 96 million. Worldwide. Uh, uh, Brian Robbins, president of Kids and Family for Viacom CBS, uh, said, adding Seth, Evan, and James, genius to the humor and action that's already an integral part of the TMNT is going to make this a next level reinvention of the property. I'm going to I'm looking forward to see what they do. And I know that Ramsey Nido and her team are excited to take the Nick Animation Studios into another great direction with their first ever CG animated theatrical. Can I Uh, say two things? Yeah, I'm. A question and a statement. Number one, Tyler might not know, but I'm going to guess that Andrew does. Do you know who Brian Robbins is? Brian Robbins? Uh, he He's a former actor who is a, uh, uh, on head of the class. Uh, is he Remember the... Remember head of the class? Is he the nerdy guy? No, he's the he was the cool hip guy with the hair. Let's see, because I, I we we talked about head of the class a, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, and I do know I do know from head of the class I talked about it, but I on head of the class uh, that the I forget his I'm blanking on his name now, but the 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 chubby guy, 
Dan went, Schneider? Yeah, Dan Schneider went on to create a bunch of Nickelodeon shows yeah. and write for a bunch of Nickelodeon shows. And then eventually he was a pedophile. But that's a, yeah. that's a, that's another story for another time. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Brian Robbins is like run shit. Oh, yeah. So he was an actor on that show. And now he's, yeah. the, pre- he's the president of Nickelodeon. Yeah. I, I know. I, wow, way to work your way up. <laughs> that's insane. I didn't know yeah. that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just wow. a little, just a little, uh, yeah, that's, little that's so weird because like, I didn't know this, but like, apparently that show just was the birthplace of just the f- entire fucking, uh, like hierarchy of Nickelodeon because yeah, that guy's the head of Nickelodeon studios. And then Dan Schneider was like the, like the, the head honcho, like big, creator writer guy that like created every show on the channel and then this other guy that was on the show the nerdy guy he was he was like an actor on a bunch of nickelodeon shows like he was on keenan and kel as the the man the store manager of the of the place where keenan worked yeah. oh yeah because they probably produced that yeah uh, brian robbins directed varsity blues really yeah varsity blues the james what's that dude from yeah dawson dawson james creek Vanderbeek. football movie James Vanderbeek. Yeah. Yeah. That's Brian Robbins. He did Varsity Blues and Blue Mountain State. I think so, yeah. And Blues Clues. <laughs> Te- technically, my- technically, it was on Nickelodeon. This guy fucking right. did Blues Clues. This guy loves blue. He loves the color blue. Yeah. Dude is everyone's childhood. But uh, I'm sorry for that diversion. My question is I saw the 2007 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was CGI? That's what I. That's the thing. What? What are you? Was that CG? What? I, I think you guys are thinking of something different. This is the this one is, with. Um, I'll show you. This is what. Um, this is what they're talking about. Uh. Oh. I'm literally on the same photo. There was a. There was. Oh. A, there was a movie that came out in 2007, which was like at the time. Uh, Ninja Turtles was kind of a bit of a dead property. They hadn't done anything with the franchise in a long time. Uh, the last thing that they had done was the 2003 animated show. And that lasted until 2005 or 2006. Um, and the, the, the franchise had kind of gone dormant for a year or so, which is not typical. Usually there's always just something happening with the franchise since the 80s uh and then and then they completely just tried to reboot the whole thing and make this movie which was an which was odd i mean some people like the movie i didn't really like it that much but it's 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 just got a lot of odd choices like shredder isn't in it it's they kind of they kind of try to take it in some new direction and they follow this storyline where Raphael kind of like becomes estranged from the rest of the group and then he becomes like a superhero he he quits the Ninja Turtles and then he becomes like a like a masked vigilante. Uh, it's 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 odd, uh, and I'm, I'm not a I'm not a fan of the figures that they produce from that from that movie either. I, I didn't. I Maybe I was thinking fan. of the Will Arnett one. That was later. Yeah, that's twenty. That's twenty thirteen. Oh, yeah, okay. that's the Megan Fox one. Uh, yes. Or, or yeah, twenty thirteen. Uh, yeah, that that one. I mean the the. The turtles themselves are CGI in that, but obviously, yeah, the rest of it is live action. Right. 
Um, Wait, they yeah, are? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, um, I definitely have that open to read later. Um, this looks like it's made by the same people who did the animated Matrix films. It just looks like garbage, is what I mean. You mean the 2007 one? Yeah, the set 2007. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I wasn't a huge fan of the of the animation or just the movie in general. There's a lot of people that like it. It's not horrible, but yeah, I wasn't a fan. Um, I also wasn't a fan of the Michael Bay ones. The second one was a lot better. The first one was just boring as fuck. Uh, the second one, despite the fact that I still just hate the design of the turtle so much, it was actually decent. I was surprised at liking it, kind of. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, uh, I'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a, I, I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to Ninja Turtles. So like, I was just going to ask that yeah. you are. Yeah. I mean, I, like I, I've talked, I've just, I've talked about this a million times on the show, but I'm not like one of those like elitist people or who are just like, don't ruin my childhood. Like I, I'm not resistant to change. I'm not somebody who's going to throw a fit if like my favorite thing gets changed or whatever. But also, I, so I'm not, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to raise a stink about it. If, if something comes out that I don't like, I just don't watch it and I don't talk about it. I don't, I don't give it any energy at all. Um, like I, I, I hated the, the Michael Bay first Ninja Turtles movie, but I never, I never, I didn't like rant about it on Facebook or whatever. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a purist with it. For me, it's like there's, there's, a, there's a, perfect formula for a great Ninja Turtle story. Number one, they got to be brothers. Sometimes they change that and make them not brothers in some of the iterations. The uh, the uh, the IDW comic uh, series, um, their version of it, they're not actually brothers. And the uh, live action show that they did in the late 90s, uh, The Next Mutation, they specifically made them not brothers because they introduced a female turtle named Venus to the show who was like the, I, I the, know that from yeah, the video we did. Yeah. The fifth lost turtle that was like part in, in the, in the, in the terrarium with them when they got fell in, when they fell into the sewer and got the ooze on them. And so they specifically made them not brothers explicitly so that they could justify the turtles hitting on the girl turtle every episode like oh, like yuck. explicitly for that reason like in the first episode they're like whoa look at her she's hot and then they're like oh isn't she like your sister and they're like no technically we were just from different turtle families but we were just in the same glass or whatever like it's like they specifically did it just to do that that's uh, so creepy. Yeah, it was it was weird. The late nineties were and unnecessary were a for a kid show. Yeah, it's really gross. And also, like, I just don't want that. Like, I don't I don't want like a weird thing where like the turtles are hitting on like a girl turtle every episode. Like, that's not fun. That's not like entertaining. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they got to be. Yeah, they, I want them hitting on a human. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like like April and interspecies. Um. They got yeah they got they gotta be brothers. Splinter Brother. they they have to have a a father dynamic with Splinter because in some of the iterations they treat him more like he's just kind of their sensei. I mean he's always their sensei, but in some iterations he's less of a father figure than others. But he's got to be their dad. They got to call him father. 
Um, Father. April O'Neil. She's got to have April. Oh, yeah. She's got, she's got to be... <laughs> She's she's got to be, uh, you know, she doesn't necessarily have to be a reporter because in some of the versions, she's like a kid and she's not a reporter. And I, you know, I, I like the 2012 series. She's a teenager and she's still really cool, but she's still she's got to be like she's got to be like. an like an, an adventurer or having like a, a curious inquiring mind, because in some versions of the turtle, she's just like a goofy ditz. I mean, they, they really wouldn't do that anymore, but kind of like older versions she was just kind of an idiot. Uh, but I like I like her being this like exploratory, like curious mind, whether that she's a reporter or just whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, then that's pretty much it. And as, as long as you give me those things and uh, you got Shredder in there and you got you got like the Udon or Krang in there or whatever iteration of that you got in there. Uh, I'm probably going to be happy. Those, those are like, those are like the key version. ones. I don't like it when they try to have a different villain other than Shredder. Like, just give me Shredder. Or Shredder, as Tyler Paylor would say. I'm curious if the... Um, if because it's like Seth Rogen and his crew, are they going to be like... You know, they could be kind of true to the story because I think they like that. Uh, they like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But also, are they going to be like wink-winky, uh, tongue-in-cheek with it? Yeah, I mean they could. It 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 really remains to be seen cuz you 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 could you would it depends on their level of like reverence for the property because it could just be like, you know, like a kind of like a postmodern parody type of thing where they're kind of exactly. playing with it and that might that could be good, but it all it also could be annoying. Um or they could just totally go in the other direction with it and take it like super seriously. Um but you know, I don't know. But they did that with Green Green Hornet, so and it didn't turn out good. Well, no, I mean they they didn't really do that though with Green Hornet. Like Green Hornet was like totally a parody of the Green Hornet. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was oh. like it was like the whole thing was just like their version of the Green Hornet was like let's just make the Green Hornet this like inept idiot white guy, and then Kato <laughs> is just like the one secretly doing all the work. Which, which isn't how, I mean, we talked about this on another episode, but that's not how the original serials were. They, it wasn't like yeah. that. Um, but they, but they, they kind of, they, they kind of turned it into like a bit of a parody of it. Um, gotcha. uh, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm, I, I'm somewhat excited because I just, I just like anytime there's new Ninja Turtle stuff, I, I just want to, I want to see it. I want to see how it comes out. And, as lo- and anything that doesn't have Michael Bay involved in it, I'm good. Happy, happy, happy. Um, just make him brothers. Make Splinter their dad. Uh, I kind of prefer the version of the story where he's a, a man that gets turned into a rat, not a rat that gets morphed into a bigger rat. Uh, April O'Neil's got to be like a cool, like exploratory adventurer type character. Shredder needs to be in there. He's got to be the bad guy. Uh, and other than that, you know, I'll probably I'll probably be happy. All right, I'd be happy not seeing it. Philistine. Philistine. <laughs> uh, I just want Vanilla Ice to voice one of them. Ninja, ninja, rat, no. ninja, ninja, rat. I. He got paid one million dollars to do that. It was. I mean, he deserved it. 
Yeah, he, he worked for that a million dollars. Voice, voice of a nation, that man. Yep. So, Princess Bride uh, is getting a DIY remake. Um. So the the funny thing about this story is that it initially came out. Uh. That like so the way that this story got introduced to people this past week was. They're remaking the Princess Bride with Joe Jonas and what's that Sophie, girl's name from Game of Sophie Thrones? Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. Oh. So everybody freaked out. They were like, "No, fuck this!" I mean, we talked about this on a on an episode months ago. It's the one thing you don't do. Yeah, we talked about there. There was like rumors of a reboot of this, like, like in the early days of nostalgia cast like in one of our first like five or six episodes and the the outcry of the the backlash against it from both like fans as well as like actors who were involved in the original one like everybody was just universally like no like i feel like this movie and back to the future are the two movies that nobody will ever allow to be remade uh and so when this first came out that was the way it was presented and so everybody was freaking out but then more information came out about it and it was revealed that it's not a reboot or a remake of The Princess Bride. It is a like fan film. It's well kind of. It's it's like it's a thing that's being so Jason Reitman, who is a director, he directed uh Thank You for Smoking, uh Great movie. Juno, Up in the Air. All but great. bunch of other stuff. And he's he directed the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie that has not, has not come out yet. Uh, he had the idea to do a like homemade fan film remake of The Princess Bride using a bunch of celebrities at home. So this is a great idea. Yeah. So they took the script to The Princess Bride and they sent pieces of it to a bunch of different actors and they all shot their parts from their houses and then they're putting it together as a full uh, remake of the princess bride that has been like crowd source put together by a bunch of quarantine quarantine celebrities. And uh, uh, two of those are Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, but there's also Hugh Jackman and common and yeah. uh, who else? Uh, Jack black, Taika Waititi, Josh. Gad, yeah. Andy circus, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Elijah Wood, Diego Luna, John Hamm, a bunch of other people. And they're all just like all filming little pieces to remake the movie. Uh, and there, there's actually footage of it. So let's let's take a look at this and actually show, uh, see what, what this specifically is that we're talking about. How is there? Wait, did it already happen? No, they're just, they released, they released some footage from it. Uh, some tests, not test footage, but they, they released some oh, okay. clips from it. So this, so this is, um, this it's is common. Yeah, this is part of the movie that's been remade by a bunch of celebrities at their homes. This is Josh Gad as the as the Fred Savage character. Oh my god! Yeah, and then Rob Reiner as the I fucking love Rob Reiner. Yeah, as as the um, grandpa character. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god I love this yeah and then there's like here's this is Hugh Jackman <laughs> this is amazing yeah and this is yeah so this is Joe Jonas and so and Sophie Turner and they've switched oh, it up because Joe, Joe Jonas is playing Buttercup and Sophie Turner is playing Wesley the Carrie Elwes character <laughs> yeah so it's it's just it's the movie just shot <laughs> shot in piecemeal by they're all just in their backyards and stuff like that it's and wonderful like, there there was there was like a crowd scene in the part with with uh with Hugh Jackman addressing like the townspeople where it cut away to just like Legos, like in a little village set. Uh, this so, yeah. is, uh, it's delightful. Yeah. And I, I, I think I love stuff like this and they do things like this periodically. Like there's a, there's a crowd, there's a crowdsourced remake of RoboCop where a bunch of different, like basically they cut it up into chunks of like cut it up into different scenes and they gave each scene to a bunch of different filmmakers and they all made their scene and then put it together as one movie. So there's like the entirety of RoboCop, but each scene is made in a completely different style. And some, some of them are animated and some of them are more serious and some of them are comedic. And the best, the best part of it is the, the one little clip of it that like went viral as its own little thing was there's a scene in RoboCop whenever uh, RoboCop is uh, he comes upon these two uh, thugs sexually assaulting a woman in an alley. And then he, you know, he, he, he stops them and, you know, he tells them that they need to stop and they don't want to listen to him. And so he shoots through the woman's like between her legs and shoots the guy in the in the dick. And that's just a scene from RoboCop. So there's a there's the guy who remade that part of the movie. He did it where like he shot it like it looks legit. Like it looks like a professional movie. The RoboCop costume is like movie accurate. I don't know where if they made it or if they somehow got a hold of one. Like they bought it on eBay, but it's like a legit RoboCop costume. The lighting <laughs> is great. It's like a shot for shot remake of the movie, except when they get to that part. He shoots him in the dick and then he shoots the other guy in the dick and then another person walks by and he shoots them in the dick and then a bunch of people start walking by and he's just shooting them all in the dick and then eventually like it just gets more and more graphic to where there's just like 
a naked guy walks in with his dick hanging out and he shoots him in the dick and then it like it shows it in like graphic detail as like his dick like explodes and there's like blood it's like a squib and it just gets more and more ridiculous and at to a certain point where he's like he's he's just like there's like 50 people on screen and he's just shooting them all in the dick it's it's amazing i like this one (laughs) (laughs) this story may be slightly out of date even though it was just a thing that i that was i read you know four or five days ago but there's been some changes at least here in california uh that might render this changed but spirit halloween so the way this started it's so funny because it's so crazy how just the world works now with social media and the way the information is disseminated but this whole thing started with a, a satirical article from like one of those satire sites. It wasn't the onion, but it was one of those like other ripoff ones. And the article was like, uh, you know, due to coronavirus, uh, Halloween is canceled this year. Spirit will not open any stores or whatever. Uh, and you know, satire quote unquote, because there's nothing satirical about that. It's just a, it's just a made up lie meant to get people to click and share. Uh, but this article came out and because this fake hoax article came out, spirit actually like released a statement to clarify. So, and they confirmed that they will open 1400 stores across the United States this Halloween. Uh, the coronavirus began to spread across the United States earlier this year. And despite citizens being hopeful of the pandemic would subside sooner rather than later, the number of cases continues to increase and will likely be sticking around for months to come. But popular Halloween store Spirit Halloween confirmed today that it aims to open 1400 locations this fall, despite those concerns. While the store already has a number of protocols in place when it comes to trying out outfits and masks, a recent update see, uh, seemed to confirm that it will be embracing even more rules and regulations to ensure the safety of customers. We heard you're crushed. Well, don't worry. The rumors aren't true. Spirit Halloween shared on Twitter. We are back and we got this covered. We are safety preparing the best in-store experience possible and can't wait to welcome you back to our 1400 locations. Come early and help make this year the best Halloween ever. Definitely not going to happen. Definitely not going to be the best Halloween ever. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, this update will surely lift the spirits of the brand's customers, though it might be too early to tell if it will actually get to stick to these plans. Uh, So, you know, number one, since this news has come out uh at least in california there have been some new restrictions placed on basically everything has gone back to being closed uh because the numbers have just spiraled out of control uh and i I think there there are other places in the country i know texas kind of rolled back their reopening i'm sure there are other ones and i'm sure there will be more to come uh so this could change spirit could come out and be like uh never mind um but you know also you know good for good for spirit halloween they're they're a spooky halloween company and they're trying to make more ghosts oh they're They're trying to get more ghosts in the world good for them on on brand that was so Old school, on point, <laughs> legit yeah. joke. Yeah, that was some Jack Parr shit. Oh, wow! I'm, I'm, I'm retroactively proud of that. 
I didn't. I, even, mean, I didn't even think it was that big of a deal whenever I was going to say it. Like, it's really good. It's not that it was ha ha funny. It yeah, was yeah, just yeah, perfectly constructed yeah. from like 1976. I'll take it. I'll that take was good. I'll take that as a compliment. Like wow. No, that's a straight up compliment. It's almost an onion article. It's so good. Wow. We all just got Andrewed. Yep. Show you a little bit of that Andrew magic. Uh, um, yeah, Halloween should be canceled. Let's not do it. Well, hold the, the fuck on. <laughs> for this year. For this year. Yeah, I mean. You just don't have to see people. Just make Halloween better by getting rid of everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Work? Yeah, or I mean, Holly, celebrate at home. I'm, yeah, I'm sure we can figure out some kind of alternate way to celebrate Halloween. But, you know, as much I fucking love Halloween. And every year I look forward to going out to the the neighborhoods in Toluca Lake where, where all the special effects artists live and they do their crazy ass yeah. decorations. And then you got Rick Baker who lets people like come into his crazy ass setup and stuff like that. Like, I love that. I don't I don't care about going to Halloween parties. Never gone to a Halloween party in my entire life. But I live for going to that, especially now that I've had kids. I love and and, and, and I've, I've been excited about going out with Alistair because this will be his uh, first Halloween where he could maybe remember it or not. He's not, not going to remember it, but enjoy it because he was like he was a newborn last time last Halloween. Uh, but yeah, all so that being said, run. all that being said, as much as I love it, as much as I'm excited or have been excited like I'm in a few short months from now, I am not taking my family out into just crowds of people. Hundred percent no candy from to grab from to stick their to do, st- yeah to yeah. stick their hands in bowls that literally thousands of strangers have stuck their hands into. Literally going door to door, it's like Halloween is like designed to spread a plague. <laughs> it's like every part of it is like this is the most efficient way to spread a plague. <laughs> exactly. Shit. Oh. So no thanks. Yeah. Um. From one depressing story onto another one. We talked about in the past. We talked about Chuck E. Cheese removing all of their animatronic bands from the stores. They, they started a rollout of it back in like 2015 where they removed it from a bunch of stores. And then earlier this year, I believe, we talked about how they were completely gutting animatronic bands from all locations. Now we've put perhaps the penultimate nail in the coffin, not necessarily the final nail in the coffin, but certainly the, 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 the second to last Chuck E. Cheese due to uh, heavy financial burden and strain caused by the uh, coronavirus shutdown has filed for bankruptcy. Uh, CEC Entertainment Inc. has reopened 266 of its 612 company-operated Chuck E. Cheese and Peter Piper Pizza. Whoa, Chuck E. Cheese owns Peter Piper Pizza? I'll talk about that in a second. Because uh, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, restaurants, but did not elaborate on how willing parents are to again host birthday parties and other gallery, gatherings with so many cities still under tight restrictions on crowds. Um, it did say Thursday that it will continue to reopen locations while it negotiates with debt and leaseholders. But obviously, like I just said, this was this was said on on last Thursday, 
We're recording on a Thursday. Since last Thursday, a lot has changed in terms of what the what the uh, the city governments and the state governments are saying about reopening and rolling back reopening. So, I don't things are things aren't looking pretty. Things aren't looking very hot for old Chuck. No, the cheese meister. No. Also, this is just my perception. So let me let me hit you with the cobs first. This is my perception. I could be wrong. Doesn't Chuck E. Cheese feel dirty in the regular times when you go in there? You're like, oh, this is kind of gross. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, we had we had a okay. discussion last time we talked about Chuck E. Cheese. We kind of had a bit of a, 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 a an argument because you were saying you hated Chuck E. Cheese. The I pizza do. was the pizza was terrible. You said yes. like you said it felt like. Every time you were in there, that like somebody somebody was about to get into a fight at any time. Yes, and I did. And oh, Ty- Tyler and I were on the Chuck E. Cheese uh, corner defending Chuck E. Cheese. I was saying that like they that they've improved the recipe and the pizza is actually pretty decent now. Uh, I I accused you of uh, having some kind of weird personal issue that's causing you to think that fights are going to break out in Chuck E. Cheese and that maybe you, that's something that you need to resolve. Uh, <laughs> I haven't resolved it yet. Um, but uh, but in these times, the coronavirus, 100%. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Like, the Chuck E. Cheese's do feel dirty. There's no way I would ever in a million years st- stick my stick even the tip of my pinky toe in a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit oh. right now. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. No, but nobody's nobody's going into Chuck E. Cheese. And, you know, unlike other restaurants that can kind of continue surviving because they can offer delivery and <clears throat> pick up and things like that. So you can, you know, you can't you can't dine in, but you can go pick up the food that you like. Like no, Chuck E. Cheese. The point of Chuck E. Cheese is to go into into it. Like as much as I think the pizza is decent now, after they've changed the recipe uh, several years ago, it's not order it and take it home worthy. <laughs> like that, that's what they tried though, because there's in in uh, Burbank, there's the Chuck E. Cheese that's maybe like a mile away from me. I drive by it all the time. Yeah, and over, they over had by a the big old sign out front going, "We do takeout." Nah. No, nah. who's going to go? Let's get some of that Chuck E. Cheese off. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, um, bring it home. So yeah, I think, I think, I think much, much like this year's Halloween, I think that Chuck E. Cheese is, uh, it's boned. Um, and also, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Chuck E. Cheese. So the, the history of Chuck E. Cheese is that, uh, Chuck E. Cheese is actually the company itself and it's, sort of store real estate is a is a is a is a composite of uh chuck e cheese but also back in the 80s there was a there was a chain of pizza restaurants called showbiz pizza and it was a similar thing it was it was a themed pizza place uh with like a play area and then they had a uh an animatronic band called the rock of fire explosion and chuck e cheese was like identical it was a pizza parlor with a play area and they had an animatronic band uh called Chuck E. cheese and the munchie band or something i forget what the name of it was um and then they bought out showbiz they turned everything into Chuck E. cheese 
but I didn't know that they also owned Peter Piper Pizza, which whenever I was growing up as a kid in uh, New Mexico, in Roswell, New Mexico, we didn't have Chuck E. Cheese. We had Peter Piper Pizza, which I is... I didn't even know that's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's just another one of these pizza chains. I'm more nostalgic for Peter Piper Pizza because that's what we had. Um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I merely, <laughs> oh God, I merely adopted the, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I didn't see Chuck E. Cheese until I was in high school. And by that time it was merely a pizza place with a rat walking around. Yeah, I did. I, Bane, I never, did you play in the ball pit, Bane? Oh, I rolled around in the ball pit. I pooped in the ball pit. I was one of those kids. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. That checks Bane out. Will, Bane will tell you that he hurt himself in some dark cave, but he really got respiratory problems from the ball pit. Yes. I got popcorn lung from hanging out in a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. <laughs> popcorn. I haven't drank enough of this water for the effect to work. But honestly, anybody who really wants to see some good Bane work, you should listen to the latest episode of Deep Cuts, my other podcast. Shameless. This isn't even a plug for the show. I don't even care if you actually listen to the show. <laughs> we have plenty of listeners. We, we don't need any help. On oh, that humble Jesus. brag. Wow. But I wow. genuinely want you to. And a humble brag. I only want you to go listen to hear the exquisite Bane work going on in that episode. It's the latest <laughs> episode, much- episode 17. It's about, it's about, uh, it's about, uh, Matthew Nolan, who's the secret brother of. Christopher Nolan, the film director who made Inception and the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. And he has a brother that he never talks about who is a murderer and a hitman and killed a guy, (laughs) tortured and killed a guy for five million dollars. And you know why? And on you have to listen. (laughs) And on that episode, there's some great Bane work going on. Some 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 of my best Bane work. Best bait. Uh, but yeah, I never, I, I didn't, I didn't go to a Chuck E. Cheese until I was in high school when I moved to California. When uh, you went, were you like, oh my god, this is like Pied Piper? Yeah, I mean, it was all, it all felt the same. But that was the one that I went to when I was a kid. Uh, it was, it was just a similar thing, except for it, it just was Peter Piper Pizza, and it, it had an arcade, and it had a ball pit, and it had pizza, and. We, I loved it, and it was like a treat to go there, and you had birthday parties there and stuff like that. And then several several years ago, I went on a road trip with my wife, and I we drove through Roswell, New Mexico, and I went back to a bunch of old places from there, and we got some pizza from Peter Piper Pizza. It was still open, and it was the worst pizza that literally exists. It was the it was the worst pizza. Our dog Jack, we gave him a piece, and he buried it. Oh. oh my god it was the that's, worst that's the worst piece i've ever had in my life it? yeah he wouldn't Maybe eat it like aliens made it oh boy <laughs> <laughs> but uh we see we really didn't go to chuck e cheese a lot because once we found out that john's incredible pizza was a thing oh yeah we were like that's baby stuff yeah i mean john's incredible pizza is way better than chuck e cheese and I always loved I I always loved getting the peanut butter pizza from John's Incredible Pizza. Ugh. It's good. I can taste it. It's, it's so gross. It's good. 
insane. It's, it's, a, it's pizza. It's got, instead of sauce, it's peanut butter. And then it's got mozzarella cheese and then peanuts <laughs> on it. And it's really good. I, I love it. That sounds horrible for horrible people who don't know good things in their life. Nah, Come good. listen to my podcast, Food Fight. <laughs> All right. Plug, your other, you get plug your, your other podcast, Tyler. Plug my other podcast. Uh, come check out mine and my girlfriend's podcast where we uh, answer questions that nobody asked us. Worst plug ever. Come on. You didn't even say the name of the podcast. It's not real. Uh, All right. So so uh, Margot Robbie is going to star in a female fronted Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. The Pirates of the Caribbean cinematic universe is upon us. Margot Robbie is set to star in a new female fronted Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean movie to be scripted by Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, who broke the news, the movie won't be a spinoff of the Johnny Jepp starring films about Captain Jack Sparrow and his lot, but a wholly original story with new characters inspired by the Disneyland ride itself. Um, the Robbie starring Pirates film is, a sep- is separate from the reboot reported upon last year, which is in the works from Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin and screenwriter Ted Elliott, uh, who penned the first four films in the franchise. Jerry Bruckheimer is producing both movies. So... An entirely female-fronted Pirates of the Caribbean reboot movie starring Margot Robbie. Somewhere out there in this world, Kira Knightley is screaming, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I forgot. That is very true. Man. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, I feel I, bad. Yeah. You drag that woman <laughs> through like five movies and then you don't give her the female fronted one wow which is crazy because they made her the king of the pirates yeah at the end of the fucking end oh of did they one. yeah i you know what it's so funny when i when i saw this in the outline and then listening now i was like oh this is great i, I i'm so here for this this sounds great margot robbie's great what a great idea and then you completely reminded me of Kira knightley and now i'm like legit sad for her yeah Ah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she must be like, she's probably going to her team like, hello. What the fuck, guys? Yeah, it's like that. It's, she's British. It's like that scene in that like that short-lived reality show about um, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim where they were going to do a, a, like a, like a sequel, like a straight-to-video sequel to Lost Boys and Corey Feldman like there's a scene where Corey Feldman goes over to Corey Haim's house and he like breaks the news to him that they're doing it, but that they like don't that they want Corey Feldman to come back, but they don't want Corey Haim to come back. Like there's no offer for him. And then Corey Haim just starts breaking down crying. It's like I that. Mean, legit. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's sad. Why don't why wouldn't why don't they want Corey Haim? Uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, he's dead now, but. At the time, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know why they they didn't ask him back. Possible liability or whatever, but yeah, yeah Kieran Knightley should be mad. Yeah, she needs she needs to she needs to I don't know. She needs Find to do it. something. <laughs> she needs to start a podcast. Yeah, she's yeah she needs to do a podcast in every episode. She just just 
rants about how she should be in the in the female fronted Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. Yeah. Um, she could do like she could call it the Pirates' Life is for me. Uh, <laughs> Dad joke. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I have no, I don't give a shit about this. Like, I I don't care. I never, Seriously? I never liked any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It was I just don't give a Aww. shit about them at all. I enjoyed the first two. I thought they were really fun, and then I just kind of stopped. But uh, I'm, yeah, I want to see this. I like I like Gore Verbinski, who directed oh yeah he's a couple good. of them. But watch a better Gore Verbinski movie, such as Rango. Which is a great movie, highly underrated. Uh, the animated. Yep. Would you like this more if Keir Knightley indeed was the lead? Not really. I mean, it, it, <laughs> okay. in in, uh, in spirit, I am in in solidarity. I am on her team of like, this is bullshit. They should have made her the star, like just because she's a little older. Like they just moved on to some younger, newer person, which is kind of fucked up. But in actual practicality, I just I have I don't give a shit about these movies at all. I've never liked them. My mom loved the Pirates of the Caribbean movies when they were as they were coming out. Just don't care at all. And never cared about any of them. Um, Beavis and Butthead are getting a reboot fans will always look back on MTV's Beavis and Butthead series fondly but it's been quite some time since we've seen the pair that's all changing though as Comedy Central and original series creator Mike Judge will be teaming up to relaunch the franchise with two new seasons and a new spinoff and specials and it sounds like uh, it sounds like my wife finally found my son in his room watching Scooby-Doo on his phone and has taken it away because he's freaking out uh, there you go. Uh, Judge will write, produce, and voice the show, which will have the duo entering a whole new Gen Z world. Ugh, I hate that sound of that. Yeah. Uh, that the that the network says are relatable to fans of the original show and those who never got a chance to experience it. There's no word on when the series will de- debut on the network, but they couldn't be more thrilled about having it as part of the Comedy Central family. We are thrilled to be working with Mike Judge and the great team at Three Arts again as we double down on adult animation on Comedy Central. Uh, said Chris McCarthy, who oversees Vi- uh, Viacom, CBS Entertainment, and Youth Group, at uh, as president. Beavis and Butthead are a defining voice of a generation, and we can't wait to see. We can't wait to watch as they navigate the treacherous waters of a world light years from their own. Uh, it seems like the te- uh, time has was right to get stupid again. Judge said, "Since Beavis and Butthead, Judge has gone on to create other hit shows and films like King of the Hill, Office Space, and Silicon Valley. But this is a return to the series that many that below that was that is beloved by many, and now a new generation will get to experience it." Um, you know, I, uh, I I I love Beavis and Butthead. I loved it when I was a kid. Uh, the the weird thing about this is like they already rebooted this. There was already a reboot that came out. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, and like nobody cared. Oh my god! I, until you mentioned it, I completely it's, forgot. That's right. In huh. no way is this going to be successful, though. Yeah, it is not yeah. what this generation wants at all. No. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this generation Z will look at Beavis and Butthead and be like, "You fuckers are toxic. Yeah, go, exactly. go away." Which, yeah, exactly. Which they are, right? You know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is not gonna work. Yeah. I don't. I don't see this. I don't see this going over. 
Uh, as much as I love yeah. Beavis Butthead. But uh, you, you you ride harder for Butthead than Beavis. Uh, I mean, is I'm, that what you're saying? I'm be I'm Beavis all the way. Damn it, Beavis! Getting all the fans. If my son Ephraim was walking around with this shirt over his head the other day, and then I showed him some clips of the Great Cornholio. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, I almost named my son Ephraim Beavis. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the that was like the top one of the top five contenders. My <laughs> wife, went, my oh, wife vetoed no. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could be more excited about this because I like this is something that where I should just be like, oh yeah, like I fucking love Beavis and Butthead, one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. I I just watched it all the time. I loved the format of it. I loved the little. I loved how it was just these little interstitials of like weird little mundane moments in these two like middle American idiot kids' lives. And then I also loved the sort of like proto reaction video format where they would watch music videos and react to them. I think I thought that was really cool. You know, I do stuff now that's like inspired by that. Uh, but, you know, it's just it's just something that like existed in its time. It really doesn't make sense out of the context of the 90s. They tried to do it a couple of years ago with like Beavis and Butthead, like reacting to like Taylor Swift music videos. And I think that it just it, it kind of like it kind of hit it. it it, it bounced off people, I think. I think that people just right now, like they're just not really into the idea of like two guys like sitting and like making fun of pop music. I just don't think that's like the vibe that people are on right now. I can't imagine this working now. It didn't work then. And yeah. I, don't I can't imagine it working now. Yeah. Two white dudes making fun of people. It's it's kind of hard to translate today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do our regular segment. Can you go th- for that? After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. And now it's time for our regular segment in which we discuss new rumors and unsubstantiated nostalgic stories and decide whether we like them or not. And that segment is Stretch it. called Stretch It. Can you go for that? Oh, 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 oh. Can you, can you go for that? Oh, 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 oh. Give your opinion on stuff that may or may not be happening Cause this is the remix of Can You Go For That? I liked it. Yeah, still works. I can dig it. Uh, so, uh, there's a rumor that not only is uh, Lucasfilm... Uh, going into development for a Knights of the Old Republic movie. Uh, And if you're unfamiliar, Knights of the Old Republic is a uh, classic seminal series of video games, uh, uh, Star Wars uh, role-playing games for the first one came out for Xbox. And I think there's, there's a, is there two? I kind of lost track of the series. There's definitely KOTOR 1 and 2, and maybe there's another one or a spinoff or something. I don't know. But it's it was developed by uh, BioWare, who 
uh, later on, they you know they they made Mass Effect and other similar. So it's it's a similar type of game to a game like Mass Effect, where there it's a it's a role playing game where you go around and you talk to people and you have choices and you can kind of choose the light or the dark side. So your actions determine whether you are you know more of a, a good Jedi or you can become a Sith. And um, they are beloved by many. And they're talking about making a movie. Uh, and uh, Star Wars fans were beyond excited at the news of Knights of the Old Republic live-action trilogy finally being pushed into active development, and understandably so. Details on the project aren't too plentiful at the moment, but folks' imaginations are already running wild, especially with rumors point pointing to Darth Revan making an appearance in it. Darth Revan is just a big character in the game franchise. Um, and a lot of people are in agreement that Keanu Reeves would be perfect for the role. Given that there's no real depiction of the villain to go off of since in Star Wars Knights of the Little Republic, you were able to decide what the gender and the overall appearance of the character is. Imagining Reeves in the Darth Revan getup isn't something that's too hard to do, especially not with the fan art like the piece of work, uh, the tons of fan art that's been done depict depicting uh, Keanu Reeves as Darth Revan. Um, so, uh, but could it actually happen? Well, yes, it just may. Sources say that Lucasfilm is interested in Keanu for the role. So a, a trilogy of Knights of the Old Republic films and essentially Knights of the Old Republic is just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an epic story about uh, a, a ragtag team of uh, adventurers uh, in the Star Wars universe. Uh, I, I haven't played the games in years, so I'm a little fuzzy on what the actual storyline is. Um, and uh, they're talking about uh, Keanu Reeves being the main character. I can't go for that. You're not surprised. Here's why. Because none of that meant anything to you at all. Yes. You understood. You understood Keanu Reeves and the. And ragtag. Oh, yeah. That's a a, a pretty universal word. Uh, I don't need any more video games in the movies. I don't need any more Star Wars. And... I love me some Keanu Reeves, but he's doing a lot. Take a break, man. You don't need to do everything. Nothing. You I mean, can we, say no. We've things. all taken like a five-month break. Like no, he's coming out with the Bill and Ted, and he's in everything. Just hey, man, hang out with your dog. I don't know if he has a dog. Does, I was yeah. gonna say, does he have a dog? I think <laughs> you're. I think you're confusing Keanu Reeves with John Wick. <laughs> no, I'm not. They're the same They're person. They're the same person. So I, I can't go. It's all it's all too much. It's too much. I can't go for that. I am tired. And it's just more of like an overall thing. It's like, I really just want something new. I'm, I don't want to see any more fucking Star Wars. I don't want to see any more uh, Keanu Reeves in, in all of these, this old property. I love Keanu Reeves, and I think he has a lot more in him than trying to bring to life some other, some other storyline that we all have either played or read or, or watched somewhere else. Start making new movies. Just make something new is my whole thing. And put Keanu Reeves in that. I'm always here for Keanu Reeves, but I can't go for another Star Wars movie. Boom. Boom. I can go for that. 
Why? Give me a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy film, an epic trilogy film to this to the heights of like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Give me Keanu Reeves as Revan being tempted by the dark side on his hero's journey path to Jedi Master. I don't remember exactly all of the details of the plot of the Knights of the Old Republic games because they came out whenever I was in high school and I'm a little fuzzy on them. I have recently listened to a a playthrough of the first Knights of the Old Republic, a, a podcast I listened to called uh, called uh, Square Roots, do like playthroughs of games and then they talk about it in like multi-part episodes. It's kind of like a book club for video games. I listened to that probably like a year or two ago when they did it. So I've, but even still, I'm a little shaky on the plot, but it doesn't even matter because I, I remember that the games were great. I remember the first one I loved. I remember my brother was a little bit more into the second one. I kind of didn't really play that one too much. He, I kind of played it a little bit and I kind of put it down and then he played it and beat it. And whenever my, whenever my brother would like beat games, I kind of like lost interest in beating them for some reason. Uh, so I didn't play all the way through two, but whatever the plot is, I don't care. An epic Jedi-focused Star Wars trilogy that takes place in the Knights of the Old Republic timeline. Keanu Reeves, main character, Lord of the Rings uh, level of scope and epicness. Give it to me. I'm looking at the video game right now, so I will. I will hit you with with. I still stand by mine with one cop. That if they film it like a a an old guy trying to get used to the new world movie, like uh, the Intern with Robert De Niro, I'm fucking here for it. If it's old Keanu Reeves just like trying to understand what it is to be a Jedi at his age, that I'm here for. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at this video game right now. It looks boring as fuck. It's not. St- what do you mean? It looks stupid. It looks boring. What? Yeah. What does that even mean? It's not boring. Uh, it's an epic yeah, it trek have, across the universe. <laughs> yeah, get the Jajar. I just look like every other game that's ever been out there for Star Wars. You know nothing. The only, the only. I mean, I'm just, I'm basing it on what I just saw. The so only I don't game, the only game you understand is True Crime: Streets of L.A. Because <laughs> I was on it. Uh, yeah. So I, I can, I can definitely go for that. Uh, all right. Jimmy Neutron co-creator hints that a revival may be in the works. It's been nearly 20 years since Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius hit the theaters and the better part of 15 since the adventures of Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, the animated series based on the movie on Nickelodeon aired its final episode. As you may know by now, it's never too uh, long for Hollywood to revive a property for a reboot and it's ever expanding world of streaming video revivals and now more possible than ever. Uh, when a fan of the hit Nickelodeon series and movie asked Jimmy Neutron, uh, writer, director, and co-creator Keith Alcorn on Twitter if there were any plans to either revive or reboot Jimmy Neutron with a new season or movie, Alcorn replied say, uh, simply saying, I'm going to say yes. Of course he's going to say yes. Yeah. Is he going to be like, nah, it's done. 
You not might. doing that anymore. Some people no. have said stuff like that. Yeah, but I feel like those that do are the ones that are either have like have a whole other venture going on and a right. totally different revenue stream. Like, what's this guy doing? I don't know. He's, I'm sure he's doing fine with Jimmy exactly. Neutron, but like, it's who's going to say no? Who's going to be like, no, yeah, it's exactly. not my thing. Jimmy Neutron's dead. He's is dead. He, is that the not final just episode? the show. He is dead. He he died. Did you guys grow up on Jimmy Neutron? I did. I did. I, I was never a huge fan of it, though. I thought I was fine with it. But yeah, I, I did, but just wasn't wasn't a huge fan. Tyler's face says it all that you're it's, not a big fan. It's very strange that you weren't a big fan. It's, I'm, sh- I'm I shocked, too. I kid from, from Roswell would love Jimmy Neutron, all the crazy shit that happens in there. Yeah, I mean, the show was fine. I just wasn't a huge fan. That's really odd for me to hear. I figured you were going to be all up in Jimmy Neutron. Even better is the theory behind uh, the whole reason why it exists is like uh, Jimmy is a a government plant. Like he's a genius that the government stole from a different family and put with uh, these people in this fake town so he would invent things that they needed so that the government could steal it from him. Because once you see an invention, you hardly ever see it again when he when he does it. So there's a cool conspiracy behind the show. Bringing it back around, is it a CIA thing? <gasps> mm. the CIA wrote Wind of Change, and then they created Jimmy Neutron. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, I can go for that because why not? Yeah. That's all. That's I. Why that's not? A- uh, sure. I I can go for that. I want him. I want him to be a little older, and I want to. I want to see different different problems for people our age instead. Like I want. I want him in his twenties working at a, at his first job and still inventing the way that he does now. Uh, that's so sad. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I can. I can go for that. I can go for the uh, just the original story because sure. I I didn't hate the show. Uh, but also, I can go. I can definitely go for Tyler's version. Oh, really? I'd be, I'd, I'd be really interested in seeing that. Is this is this uh, gentleman um, Keith Alcorn uh, like a big Nickelodeon guy and he's done a bunch of other stuff? Or is- uh, I don't know. I mean, he definitely doesn't stick out as like a as like a Butch Hartman. Like Butch Hartman is this. He created Fairly Odd Parents, and he's like a huge. Guy, I mean, he's a terrible person, but he's also just one of the, one of the most recognizable like anim- animator uh, guys. Uh, what I'm saying to bring it around again: Does Brian Robbins know him? Bringing it around again, probably. <laughs> um, are, they on, are they on each other's cell phones? Definitely, they are. Okay, let me hack it real quick and see. Yeah, hundred percent. So. Are. What else is? Did you? Are we looking up what he did? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I would just. What was his name again? I just. I, I went to look it up and I forgot what his name was. Uh, I almost said his Keith name. Alcorn. His Keith? name is Keith Alcorn. A L C O R N. I literally almost said his name is Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> his name is Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? What's his name? The guy's name is Jimmy Neutron. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of. Uh, no, I mean, he hasn't really. Yeah, he hasn't really done much. He he just did a lot of animation stuff in the early in the nineties, and then the big thing was doing Jimmy Neutron, 
and then that's kind of where his career ended. He he writes on some show called Allegories. Owlegories. Owlegories. Uh. Oh man. I mean, that's why it's he a, said yes. It's about to the owls. Twitter. Yeah, so he's definitely really not got anything else going on. He's writing on some like preschool show. So uh, he also wrote two HIV prevention books. Oh, wow! Good for him. That's right. Oh, and he was a writer. He was he was a writer on the Weird Al show, which is a great underrated, short-lived TV show. There's two seasons of it, and it's great. Reboot that for you. Hell yeah. Uh. And that has been another edition of Can you go for that? Can you go for that? Can you go for that? Oh, do you want to see this or do you not want to see this? Can you go for that? Uh, A revelation I had kind of thinking about it the other day is... uh, Mr. Robot is just the 2000s version of Hackers as a TV show mm-hmm. without all the like the fun into the into the internet stuff. The Angelina Jolie Hackers thing? Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Miller and uh fuck Shaggy, Ma- Matthew Lil- Matthew name. Lillard. Matthew Lillard? Yeah. Wow. They're bringing it back. I mean that's yeah. Speaking of, it's a it's a out of left field observation, but uh, yeah, sure. Thanks. <laughs> All right. And uh, last story before we wrap up the show. R.I.P. Carl Reiner, dead at ninety eight. Comedy legend Carl Reiner, one of the earliest stars of television, who made an incredible mark on the small screen, Broadway, and film, has died at ninety eight. Reiner was inducted into the Emmy Hall of Fame in 1999 and uh, and before that had taken home multiple Emmys, primarily for his work on The Dick Van Dyke Show. Uh, His last win was in 1995 for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy on NBC's Mad About You. Uh, Last night, my dad passed away, his son and fellow comedy giant Rob Reiner said in a statement, as I write this, my heart is hurting. He was my guiding light. Uh, Reiner died of natural causes at his home in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, his assistant Judy Nagy said, uh, "Oh Jesus, what a horrible thing to have to discover your boss dead." Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Carl Reiner. I mean, comedy legend. As he said, he's the father of Rob Reiner, who we saw earlier in that clip from uh, the Princess Bride DIY remake. He was a he was a director and an actor. He was a his big first big break was being um, on All in the Family back in the 70s. And then he ended up, what was his name? His name was Mike on that show. Um, he was the, the you meathead. Um, he was the meathead. Um, and then he went on to become a director. He directed This is Spinal Tap. He directed The Princess Bride. Uh, when Harry many, Met Sally. Men, yeah, when, when Harry Met Sally. Many classic films. Uh, but uh, but Carl Reiner was firm, uh, but Carl Reiner was his dad and he was a he was a big uh, comedy director at all. My favorite movie that he made, uh, as well as many others, uh, was The Jerk. He oh. hates these cans. He hates these cans. I love The Jerk. Genius. Love um, the jerk. 
So good. But do you know Carl Reiner? He uh much like much like the eponymous jerk, he uh, he found his special purpose, which was entertaining and delighting generations of fans. Uh and uh the so he was likely to have kind of known what was going on and known that it was, his days were numbered because uh, a, a couple days before he passed away, he tweeted um, and he said, nothing pleases me more than knowing that I have lived the best life possible by having met and married the gifted Estelle Labost, who partnered with me in bringing Rob, Annie and Lucas Reiner into this needy and evolving world. That was the final thing he said publicly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That really brings it home. Yep. RIP. Wow. I wonder, this is, uh, I don't want to be morbid, but I now go, oh, is Mel Brooks. Oh. Because they were best friends. Yeah. They were I mean, like BFFs. He's on the cusp. Like that, he's, those they two. They were like, yeah. Those two guys specifically, I've, I've, I've frequently, uh, I've frequently uh, meditated on the idea of like, I can't believe they're still alive. Like they're just they're just going and going and going. So they were st- and like and how like they've known each other for so long and how they were like legit best friends of like they go to each other's houses several times a week and mm-hmm. have dinner and hang out and and it's such a loss. You go, oh man, yeah, uh, that's gonna that's gonna if that comes soon. That's gonna hurt. Yep, sad sad news. Oh uh, well, on that note, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what you heard and you haven't done it yet, feel free to subscribe. If you have a friend that you think would like a show like this, then feel free to share it with them. If you want to keep up to date with all of the news on the podcast, as well as all of the nostalgic content we post on a daily basis, you can follow us uh, on our official Facebook page, the official nostalgia page on Facebook. Just search nostalgia on Facebook. That's us with a blue check mark next to our name. You can join our Facebook group, also the nostalgia Facebook group. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Nostalgia. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe out there.